Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. Florence Ballard was the original leader of the Supremes. Along with Diana Ross and Mary Wilson, they became the most successful female group in the world. They broke through racial barriers to become international stars. For three little black girls to dare to dream in 1959 was an impossible dream. With enduring hits such as Stop in the Name of Love, they had ten number ones in just three years. The success was dramatic. But for Flo, the fame and pressures of the business were just too much. I gotta be alcoholic, because I keep doing that. Kicked out of the band she founded, she wound up virtually penniless. By 1975, she was a welfare mother who couldn't support her own children. And by the age of 32, she was dead. Florence Ballard's death at such a young age is mysterious, and my initial findings reveal a series of possible reasons for her death. Most surprising is the fact that many of her family and friends believe she died of a broken heart, and her records indicate that depression may indeed have played a role in her death. I need to investigate the truth behind this theory and what other factors were at play. World-renowned medical examiner and forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has performed around 5,000 autopsies, collaborating closely with law enforcement and other forensic specialists. His pivotal role in investigating suspicious cases has revealed the truth behind mysterious deaths for over 20 years. For Florence Ballard to die so suddenly at just 32 years old is extremely unusual. It suggests to me she had some unique health issues. I have here not only her death certificate, but a full autopsy report. I'm going to analyze every part of her medical history in order to discover what caused her death. August 1975, Magic Mountain Theme Park, Los Angeles, California. Flo Ballard is in town visiting her old friend, Mary Wilson, who is now the only original member of the Supremes. I still saw her all the time because, I mean, I was always in Detroit. She was my friend, Flo. For the first 10 years, the group consisted of Mary, Florence, and Diana Ross. But Mary is now joined by singers Cindy Birdsong and Sherry Payne. Don Foster, former manager. After Diana Ross left the Supremes, they didn't play the same venues that they had before, but they were still very good, you know. Since leaving the group seven years earlier, Florence has had three daughters with husband Tommy Chapman, from whom she's recently become separated. Peter Benjaminson, biographer. Flo was trying to put her life back together in 75. Mary encourages Florence to make a guest appearance. Flo was invited onto the stage by the new Supremes, that is, the Supremes without her or Diana. She decides to take Mary up on her offer. At the Magic Mountain performance, she was greeted very warmly by the crowd. Although she doesn't actually sing with the group, preferring to just dance and play the tambourine, the fans go wild. A 
but the public appearance will be Florence's last. In less than six months, she will be dead. I have here Florence Ballard's death certificate and her autopsy report. I can see that at the time of her death, Florence was 5 foot 11 inches and weighed 195 pounds. She was overweight, but not dangerously so. At this stage in the investigation, the cause of death is not immediately apparent. Florence Ballard was born in 1943 in Detroit, Michigan. The ninth of 13 children, her upbringing was poor. Nicole Ballard, daughter. My grandfather worked for... I, I believe General Motors, he was a plant worker. With so many siblings, Flo had to fight to be heard. She learned that she had to speak up to maintain her place in the family and to get what she thought she deserved. Flo loved to sing and found that it got her noticed. She'd sing out the window and the neighbors would comment on what a nice voice she had. At the age of just 14, Florence was asked by a young producer if she had any other friends who might join a girl group. When she came up to me and asked me if I wanted to be in the group, I felt very honored because uh, I'm going to be singing with this girl who had this magnificent voice. Diana Ross was later recruited as the third member of the group. Well, Mary and I went to the same elementary school, and uh, Diana and Mary went to the same church. We all lived in the same neighborhood. But Florence was the undisputed leader. Chris Cornelius, nephew. She was demanding that you do your part, show up, and dress right, and you had to look good. The primettes, as they were called, had big dreams. We started looking around at the various record companies in Detroit, Michigan, and one stood out. Everyone sat together. Motown! <laughs> Owner Barry Gordy signed them to Motown Records in 1961 on the condition they changed their name. Suggestions included the Darlene's, the Sweet Peas, and the Melodies. I think it should be the Supremes. She was the one who chose the name. After six years together and nine unsuccessful releases, the Supremes had their first number one hit with Diana as lead. Where Did Our Love Go? Went to number one in the summer of 1964. Here are three young ladies that have been working together for a long time. And now all of a sudden, there's a rainbow in the sky. And the success was dramatic. It was an elevator ride going straight up to the top. Over the next three years, the Supremes had ten number one hits, and Flo was an international star. We were jet-setting, jet-setters, oh yes, yes, yes. Their songs were broadcast to astronauts who were circling the Earth. Flo was one of the most well-known people in the world. August 1975. Mary Wilson's L.A. home, six months before Florence's death. The day after Flo's appearance at the Supreme's Magic Mountain gig, Mary and Flo are talking. So I wanted Flo to, to you know, to, to kind of somehow another, come, okay, girl, get it together, let's go on. Mary Wilson told her that she should start to resurrect her performing career and get back into the game. 
Flo told her, though, that she didn't have the heart to do it. She probably told me more than once, Mary, why are you, why are you trying to help me? You know. Florence was once one of the most famous singers in the world, and yet she was no longer singing or performing in the years and months leading up to her death. Although she briefly appeared on stage with the Supremes in the summer of 1975, she didn't actually sing. Was there a physical reason for this? I can see from pictures and reports of Florence that she was a smoker. Tobacco smoke irritates and dries the vocal cords, causing them to swell and preventing them from working properly. Over time, this can make the voice sound hoarse or raspy. It also affects the lung capacity and strength. Yes, my mother was a smoker. She smoked, but she didn't smoke a lot. I recall moments when, you know, she would say, hey, where's my cigarettes? I'm missing two. If you're a heavy smoker, you don't know if you're missing two cigarettes. Smoking could have had an impact on her voice, but more significantly, even if she was just a casual smoker, it could have had an impact on her heart. Chemicals found in cigarette smoke damage the lining of the coronary arteries, leading to atherosclerosis. This is when plaque formed of fat and cholesterol hardens and narrows the arteries. This plaque can rupture, causing a clot to form in a vessel supplying oxygen-rich blood to the heart. And I can see that Florence did indeed suffer from this condition. In addition, I can see that Florence developed an illness when she was touring with the Supremes that could have put further strain on her heart. Pneumonia. Boston, Massachusetts. 1966. In the middle of a countrywide tour, Flo became very ill. Flo got a very serious case of pneumonia. She had to spend many days in bed. She lost numerous pounds. She couldn't do the performances that Barry wanted her to do. Pneumonia is a serious disease with long-term health implications. The small airways of the lungs become inflamed and fill with fluid as the body struggles to fight the disease. The heart has to fight harder to pump blood through the lungs or the patient won't get enough oxygen into the bloodstream. Pneumonia can be deadly. In the U.S., it is responsible for approximately 50,000 deaths a year. To make matters worse, Flo complained that her illness was not taken seriously. Yeah, he just didn't give a damn. All he could think about was, there's money to be made. I don't give a damn if you're sick or what. They didn't really treat her as a human being. They wouldn't let her rest. And as a result, Flo's bad period of pneumonia lasted much longer than it would have otherwise. Florence had pneumonia in her early 20s, 10 years before she died. Although it could have lowered her immune defenses for a short time, I don't believe that the illness could have contributed to her death. Young people typically make a full recovery from the disease within a year or so. But having pneumonia and having to continue to tour and perform was a sign of how much pressure she was under as a member of the world's most successful group. And I can see that in order to cope, Florence developed a life-threatening addiction. There's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. She couldn't handle it. I guess I drink because I want to feel happy, but it only made it worse. I thought, actually, I was an alcoholic. See, I gotta be alcoholic, because I keep doing this. I gotta be. On February 22, 1976, 
former Supreme Florence Ballard, died at the age of just 32. Now, renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is examining Florence's medical records and first-hand testimonies to determine what happened. So far, I have discovered that Flo's life as a Supreme was physically tough, and that as a result, she suffered from a bout of pneumonia in her early 20s. But it seems that the punishing schedule did more than physically exhaust her. People under a lot of pressure frequently resort to unhealthy habits, and it seems that alongside smoking, Florence turned to alcohol. October 1975, Henry Ford Hospital Psychiatric Unit, Detroit, four months before her death. Florence leaves her three children with a relative and checks herself into a psychiatric unit. After Flo was admitted to the Henry Ford Hospital, she told one of the doctors or attendants there that she believed she was an alcoholic. She drank scotch and vodka. You know, she didn't drink cheap liquor. When she bought liquor, she bought good liquor during these dark times in her life. Young doctor came in the next morning after I did it myself. I said, I gotta be alcoholic, because I keep doing this. I gotta be. A predisposition to alcoholism can run in families. And I can see from biographical accounts that Flo's father would frequently come home drunk. Detroit, Michigan, 1950. Although Jesse Ballard was a good worker and father, he often drank to excess on the weekend. Seeing a parent that's, um, that has an issue with alcohol or drugs is really confusing for a child. One of the things that it does is that it normalizes it. When they're in pain, they see it as a viable way of, of dealing with that pain. I think that's what happened with Flo. Drinking with meals or socially is common practice, but for Florence, it led to a dangerous dependency. Florence asked for help with her alcoholism a few months before she died, but I can see from biographical accounts that it was something that she struggled with for many years. Flo had been the original leader of the Supremes, but after they were signed to Motown, Barry Gordy made Diana Ross lead singer. Diane had the pop sound, which was really something that he was going for. And Diana, who would soon become Barry Gordy's lover, began asserting her authority more and more. There were times that, that she would say or do things, I said, oh my God. The more attention Mr. Gordy gave to her, the more her ego went up, naturally. Flo, at that point, was feeling that she was being pushed aside, and she was. In order to cope, Florence started drinking. Although at first, she tried to hide it from those closest to her. In the year and a half that I knew Florence, I would say that we went to dinner a hundred times. And I never saw Florence take a sip of alcohol. But by mid-1967, 23-year-old Florence was no longer able to conceal her problem. The summer of 67, my father, in the middle of the night, he had gotten a call from Florence and he said that she was upset because they were splitting up the Supremes and she sounded intoxicated. I, I drank under pressure. When I'm depressed and I drink beer, it uh, gets all distorted. Just one can seem like I'm just drunk. And uh, I found out that that's no cure for any kind of heartache. <laughs> April 1967, Memphis, Tennessee. 
the Supremes had a plane to catch in order to get to their next gig in Las Vegas. It was tour manager Don Foster's job to make sure they made it to the airport in time. When I got in her room, there was like four cans of beer. She was not able to get herself together. And so I told Joe to take Mary and Diane to the airport and I would bring Florence. But by the time I got to the airport, Barry had called. He says, well, she will not be going on the show tonight and bring her home. Flo would return to the group after a brief hiatus. But from this point on, her days as a Supreme were numbered. Excessive consumption of alcohol can cause abnormal heart rhythms, high blood pressure, and damage to the heart muscle, all of which can compromise the heart. And I can see from first-hand accounts that there was something else causing problems for Florence when she was in the Supremes, which could have put pressure on her heart. She was criticized for being overweight. A high-fat diet can lead to the development of coronary artery disease and could be significant when it comes to determining why she died. A great cook, Florence had a sweet tooth. She was good at baking as far as her sweets. And she'd say, do you think I'm a little overweight? I used to say, no, Auntie, you are perfect. She was thick. She was beautiful. At 5'11", Flo stood out next to her smaller bandmates. She was always being criticized with her weight. But what people don't realize is that Dinah and I were so skinny <laughs> that Florence was only a size 10. So she wasn't fat. It's just that we were skinny. She was a real woman kind of build. A woman of 5 foot 11 inches like Florence would ideally have a weight of between 140 and 170 pounds. A high-fat diet can lead to the development of coronary artery disease. It could be significant when it comes to determining why she died. A natural comedian, at first Flo made a joke of the differences between them. They had a part in their act where they would kid around, they would chat between songs, and I remember Diana looking at Florence and say, you know, Florence, thin is in. And she said, yeah, Diana, but fat is where it's at. And that was a, a, it always got a laugh from the audience. But it came to be a problem within the group. Florence's weight became an issue, I think, more as she started drinking, as the more depressed she became. And perhaps because she wasn't working as hard on stage. And also probably is another way of putting a needle in a little bit. February 1967, 20 Grand Club, Detroit. Flo's life was unraveling. Motown were changing the name of the group from the Supremes to Diana Ross and the Supremes. And owner Barry Gordy had a bone to pick with the one-time leader of the group. Say to me, Florence, you're too fat. Well, I was a size 12, and I guess next to Diane, maybe I was fat. But as far as I'm concerned, I was pretty damn stacked. Though she was already on thin ice, Florence lost her cool over the insult and threw a drink in her boss's face. That was one of the occasions that I'm glad I wasn't there. Things came to a head several months later at the Flamingo Nightclub, Las Vegas. They kept calling me fat so much until I went on stage and I poked my stomach out as far as I could. 
there he called me up the next morning. He said, you fired. So I left and uh, I flew on back to Detroit. It was the last time she ever performed as a Supreme. When their 11th hit, Reflections, was released later that month, it featured Florence on backing vocals. But it was her replacement, Cindy Birdsong, who performed the song on national television. At 5 foot 11 inches and 195 pounds, and with a body mass index of 27, Florence was in the overweight category at the time of her death. She would have had an increased risk of high blood pressure and coronary heart disease. However, Florence was not obese, so her weight alone could not have caused her to die at such a tragically young age. I can see from her autopsy that the singer was taking antidepressants at the time of her death. I'm wondering whether the pressure she was under as a Supreme had a lasting effect on her. Take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You deserve gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door starting at $22. For decades, women have had two options for coloring their hair outdated at-home color or the time and expense of our traditional salon and right now with so many people working from home spending time at home uh, maybe the salons aren't open in your area madison reed is a really great option for being able to do amazing color at home and they make it really simple you know many madison reed clients comment on how their new hair color has improved their lives women love the results gorgeous shiny multi-dimensional healthy looking hair this is game-changing color you can do at home and look as if you just came from the salon. What makes Madison Reed color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones to create over 55 gorgeous multi-dimensional shades. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. Autopsy listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code LASTHOURS. That's code L-A-S-T-H-O-U-R-S. Last Hours. On February 22, 1976, former Supreme Florence Ballard died of a heart attack at the age of just 32. Now, leading forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is trying to find out why. So far, I have discovered that Florence Ballard was not a healthy woman at the time of her death. A smoker who had pneumonia in her early 20s, she had a history of alcohol abuse, and she was overweight and it seems that she also suffered from depression. I can see from her autopsy that cyanoquine, an antidepressant, was present in her body at the time of her death. October 1975, Henry Ford Hospital Psychiatric Unit, Detroit. Alongside alcoholism, Florence requested help for depression. She thought she couldn't be a good mother if they tried to treat her at the hospital. Flo made the difficult decision to leave her three young daughters with a relative. She stayed in the psychiatric hospital for two weeks. They called it a mental hospital at that time, right? So there would have been a huge amount of stigma around it. She was a mother, what are you doing? You, you were someone famous, you know. Number one, it spoke to the depths of despair that she would have been in. But number two, she was a devoted mother, right? So to take the decision to, to be away from them for, for long enough to get healthy and therefore be a better mother, is a really mature, healthy decision to make. I dressed for six years like that. That's amazing. And now it really doesn't seem like it happened. To me, it was like a bad nightmare. After the Supremes, Flo was signed briefly to ABC Records, 
releasing songs such as Going Out of My Head. But she failed to make an impression as a solo artist, and after 18 months, she was dropped by the label. She didn't have a very good life after she left the Supremes, put it like that. She was not a happy person. And I think the depression was even magnified because she had no outlet at all. Before, she was at least getting out of town for a while, going on the road for a while. She was then misled by her attorney, who embezzled much of the money she received from Motown. The situation became so serious that her house was repossessed. She was on welfare and living in other people's houses, which is pretty much as low as you can go without actually moving to a homeless shelter. Florence Ballard lived with me and my mom for about six months until my auntie could get back on her feet. Again, just thank you. She always had a look. She felt lost, like something was missing. And I would always say, Auntie, what's wrong? I just want to sing. The dramatic fall from Grace hit her hard. Growing up poor the way she did in the projects and then becoming very affluent and at the top of the show business world. That's a roller coaster ride for anybody. And then to be thrown off that roller coaster must have really caused her tremendous deterioration. Although Sinoquan, an antidepressant, was found in Florence's blood, there was only a small amount and certainly not enough to have contributed to her death. But long-term clinical depression in itself can have repercussions on physical health. And I believe that this could be the case with Florence. People with depression may have unusually sticky platelets, the tiny cells that cause blood to clot. This is because platelets hold serotonin, a chemical related to mood, and they can be affected by fluctuating levels of the chemicals within the body. In patients with heart disease, this can accelerate atherosclerosis, hardening of the arteries, further damaging the heart. In addition, I can see from her history that something happened to Florence when she was a teenager that affected her deeply. Detroit, 1957. Florence was only 16 when she was attacked at knife point by someone she knew from school. Flo went to a dance, a sock hop, with her brother Billy. She had a good time at the party, uh, but then when she wanted to get home, she couldn't find him. He was somewhere else. So popular basketball player at her high school offered her a lift home. In the car, instead of taking her home, he pulled over on a side street and forcibly raped her. Following the attack, Florence stopped singing for several months. I had some pretty blue days. I used to sit and cry to myself. I was 16 and I was turning 17. No birthday present really interests me. At that time, yeah, I was just hurt. We had been such close friends, uh, you know, talking on the telephone every day, every minute. What are we going to wear? What are we going to sing? Where are we going? You know, all those kind of things. And then, you, then you don't hear from her in, in two weeks. Eventually, Florence came by and uh, said, "I need to talk to you girls," and she told us all about it. To see your friends sit before you and tell you all these things, and she was just not there anymore. She did return to the group after a few months, but her bandmates noticed a difference in her. I would say that Florence had the really strong personality in the group. It changed her as a human being. It totally changed her. 
Florence was never, ever the same after she was, I'll just say it, raped. What had happened stayed with Florence, even after the Supremes became international stars. I kind of thought that after we became famous, Flo could get over this, and that's not true. People don't get over that. As we became famous and traveling the world, things just started bothering her. I, the, the things that maybe wouldn't have bothered her at the beginning, now they do. Could they have done it differently? Could they perhaps have sought psychiatric care for her? Today, they would have looked into it a little deeper. They would have dwelled into what is really wrong with this beautiful little lady we had at one time. She's a child at this point, and she's going through this basically on her own with no professional help whatsoever. And while she did very well, it's not a surprise that later on in life we see her with the remnants of what that experience was. So I think, you know, to some extent, the alcoholism, the depression, and, and finally, you know, her need to kind of say, I, I can't cope anymore, would have at least in some way been a product of what she experienced and those unresolved issues for the attack at 16. Florence was clearly under a huge amount of emotional strain going back to her teens. An incident like the attack she suffered can cause post-traumatic stress disorder, a psychological reaction to an extremely stressful event. PTSD is not only difficult to live with, it can also lead to physical decline. Recent studies have linked it to an increased risk of high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease. December 25th, 1975. Florence's home, Detroit two months before her death. Florence has received some money from an ongoing legal dispute and bought a new home, having been homeless and living on welfare for several months. She is temporarily reconciled with her husband of seven years, Tommy, in order to give her three daughters a Christmas to remember. My last Christmas with my mother was wonderful. It seemed like a fairy tale because toys were everywhere. The, the Christmas tree was Beautiful. It seemed like things were finally looking up for the one-time Supreme. But appearances can be deceptive. Although it seemed like Florence was getting her life back on track in the months leading up to her death, I have found evidence that Florence's private life continued to be a source of great sadness and stress. And I believe what was going on behind the scenes could have had an impact on her death. In my opinion, as her nephew... She died from a broken heart. She was so stressed out. An autopsy not only reveals how a person died, but how they lived. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. If you like what you're hearing, check out more dark mysteries on your TV on Reels channel. There are shocking real life and death stories in world's most evil killers, like the quiet neighbor nicknamed the Scorpion after he bludgeoned nine women to death with a hammer. And Rodney Alcala, the serial murderer best known as the dating game killer. Then check out the latest episodes of Autopsy that reveal what really killed screen and music legends like Walt Disney, Tom Petty, David Cassidy, and Batman's Adam West. You can find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Then check the top of the screen to find Reels in your area.
death of the former Supreme Florence Ballard sent shockwaves through the music world. Now, expert forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is scrutinizing Florence's medical records to find out why she died. So far, I've built up a picture of someone who wasn't living a healthy life in the months leading up to her death. She smoked, was overweight, and had a drinking problem. In addition, Florence suffered a trauma early in her life that seems to have affected her deeply, and she went on to suffer from severe depression. All of this may well have put her heart under strain. And I have found evidence that suggests that there were other elements of her personal life that might also have affected her well-being. Early February 1976, Detroit. Two weeks before her death, Florence decides to change her will. A lawyer comes to the house, and in his presence, she signs over everything to her mother and children effectively cutting her husband, Tommy Chapman, out of her estate. To be honest, what I remember about Tommy and my Aunt Flo's relationship, it was toxic, toxic, because he wasn't very affectionate, but he was firm. Tommy Chapman was a chauffeur for Barry Gordy. Flo fell for him when she was in the Supremes and still dating Roger Pearson. He worked for Motown, decent to me, but that's the reason that we really stopped seeing each other. Flo was treated as if she was a goddess. Men would approach her and more or less kneel to her. Tommy, because he worked with her and Gordy, just treated her like an equal. He broke through, in other words, and acted like a normal human being with her, and I think that's what appealed to her about it. They married in 1968, soon after Florence left the Supremes. Tommy took on the role of Flo's manager, but he didn't have the experience to make a success of his wife's solo career. The relationship had its ups and downs. They seemed to like each other. Other people said that Tommy seemed to be present and active in the marriage only when Flo seemed to have a lot of money or her career was on the rise. Obviously, there were two sides to the marriage. In 1972, Flo filed for divorce. They later reconciled, but Tommy was unreliable and sometimes violent. There was allegation that Tommy had hit her on occasion. Her mother came over and saw bruises she believed had been inflicted by Tommy and told Tommy that if uh, he did that again, she would kill him. I don't believe she really would have killed him, but she was certainly angry that her daughter had been abused. Several recent studies have linked domestic abuse to poor cardiovascular health in women. Women who have fallen victim to domestic violence are 70% more likely to have heart disease than women who have not, according to a recent report by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The reasons are complex, but it's thought that the stress experienced by the individual changes the rate of fatty buildup in the arteries. It's yet another factor which may have weakened Florence's heart. February 20th, 1976. Flo Ballard goes over to her mother's house. She complains of feeling very hot. Flo oddly began eating ice cubes out of her mother's freezer. She then told her mother that if something happened to her, that her mother should take care of her babies. It could be that Florence was experiencing the first symptoms of heart attack. One of the early presentations of coronary artery thrombosis, blockage in the heart, is profuse sweating. 
At the age of just 32, it is very likely that Florence didn't realize she was suffering from symptoms of a heart attack. Although it seems she was worried enough to ask her mother to look after her children should anything happen to her. 7 a.m., February 21st. The next morning, Nicole, one of Flo's daughters, who was only seven years old, came down to the dining room and found her mother collapsed in a dining room chair. I always watched my mother. I came downstairs, and my mother was slumped in the dining room, and I knew that something was wrong because she was foaming out her mouth. So I climbed up in the chair, and I, I called my grandmother, I said, Grandma, something's wrong with my mommy. Somebody help me. She was so strong, even though she couldn't move. My mother said, just just go back upstairs. But I wasn't going to do that because I knew something was wrong. Foaming at the mouth could mean that Florence was experiencing pulmonary edema. The blockage in Florence's heart that likely formed the previous day was causing her heart to start to fail and liquid was collecting in her lungs, thereby potentially reducing the amount of oxygen getting to her heart and other vital organs. Nicole was unable to describe just how serious the situation was, and it was several hours before Flo's sister Linda and her husband Tommy arrived. Later that day, Linda and Tommy came over, found Flo lying on the floor, unable to move her legs. They took her over to a couch to make her comfortable there and then called for paramedics. Fearing the worst, Flo's three daughters were taken to a relative's house. My grandmother left us with my auntie Pat. The paramedics took Flo by ambulance to the hospital where the doctors treated her. Several of Flo's relatives came to visit her that afternoon. They were assured by the hospital staff that Flo was going to be all right. We went to the hospital to visit her, and she just looked so sad. And I remember her saying, I don't want to die today. And we all thought it was going to be okay. So we hugged, we kissed. We had went home to make her sweets, clean the house up, prepare for her to come home, some relative to take care of her, like we always did as a family. We never got that chance. In the early hours of February 22, 1976, Florence Ballard died alone in her hospital room. My mother didn't make it. My mother died from heart failure. News of Flo's death soon spreads around the world. The day that my auntie passed away, probably one of the saddest that I recall, the whole family lost so much devastation. It's like an earthquake. She's like a sister to me. Here's a, a little girl that's gone. She was gone way before her time. Somebody that I knew had enjoyed love to a certain extent was no longer here. It was very sad for me our life having ended like that. It was tragic. I regard it as one of American music's most tragic endings. Well, I cried. 
By the time that Florence Ballard arrived at the hospital, it is very likely the blockage had already formed in her heart. The clot had caused injury and damage to the heart muscle, which finally stopped working in the early hours of the morning. Both diagnosis and treatment of coronary artery thrombosis have changed dramatically since the 1970s, which explains why in Florence's case, she was not diagnosed when she arrived at the hospital. The fact that Florence was left untreated at home for several hours prior to the arrival of medical professionals may not, in her case, have made a significant difference to her recovery as she did not receive treatment in the hospital. Nowadays, the earlier the diagnosis, the higher chances of successful treatment and recovery. But I want to know what was behind this heart attack in the first place. In the autopsy report, there is mention of a brown substance that was found in Florence's gut. Newspaper reports quoting her family have suggested that this might be poison and that Florence's death was not accidental. I want to find out the truth behind this theory. People for years have tried to prove that Mozart and the mob are connected. Barry said he wanted to control me. I was supposed to be a puppet on a string, and he was supposed to pull my string, and then I danced to his tune. Well, I'm not that type of person. I don't dance to anyone's tune. Flo's sister, Maxine, believed that she was murdered. On Sunday, February 22, 1976, Supreme singer Florence Ballard died in Mount Carmel Mercy Hospital, Detroit. She was just 32 years old. But world-renowned expert pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has come across a theory that this is not the whole story. A few days after her death, an autopsy was performed on Florence Ballard. Florence's older sister, Maxine Ballard, was quoted as suggesting that during the autopsy, evidence was uncovered that put Florence's death under suspicion, that she may have been murdered. I want to know why she believed that and whether there is any evidence to support this theory. Flo was murdered, apparently, according to Maxine, by poisoned breakfast cereal that was found partly digested in Flo's stomach. The implication was that Motown boss Barry Gordy was behind the poisoning. There are a lot of rumors about Barry getting mob support for Motown, and I've heard these rumors again and again. I've looked for proof for years. There's no proof of it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't ha didn't happen. Barry said, I'm not giving her anything. I'm going to break that bitch. There were reports that when angered by Barry, Florence tried to threaten him. But she never made those secrets clear to me and probably not to Barry either. Biographer Peter Benjaminson believes that the threat was empty. I certainly don't think that Barry was worried at the point of time when Flo died. He certainly wasn't worried about that. He had a lot of other worries. And the medical evidence is far from compelling. I believe that the brown substance mentioned in the autopsy report was what it appeared to be, food. Therefore, I don't see any medical evidence to support the theory that Flo was poisoned. What I have found is evidence that Florence was taking the drug Lasix, normally prescribed for high blood pressure. I have already discovered that Florence's cardiovascular system was compromised, and this further supports that. And there is another drug that's mentioned in Florence's autopsy report, the weight loss medication Tenuate or Diethylpropion. 
Florence's weight fluctuated significantly over the years, going back to her time in the Supremes. And the pressures of being in the spotlight meant that her size was much more of an issue than it would have been otherwise. Like many other women of the time, she turned to weight loss medication. Tenuate is the commercial name for diethylpropion, a weight loss medication similar to amphetamine that works by stimulating the adrenergic nerves to turn off hunger. Diethylpropion is not recommended for people who have high blood pressure. It can cause heart palpitations, rapid heartbeat, and elevations of blood pressure. And taking it could potentially have weakened Florence's heart. In addition, smoking, drinking alcohol, a high-fat diet, and severe depression all have undermined the health of her cardiovascular system. But even taking this into consideration, I still don't believe that these factors alone could have caused a young woman to die at only 32 years of age. I have a new theory about her death. Given all of the evidence, I believe the only explanation for Florence's premature death is that she had a rare and hard-to-diagnose disease, resulting in accelerated atherosclerosis, when plaque builds up in the arteries unusually quickly. This plaque can rupture. A clot then forms in the coronary artery, preventing blood flow. This ultimately leads to heart failure and death. The causes for this condition are not fully understood, though it usually starts in childhood. It may be that Florence had a genetic predisposition to accelerated atherosclerosis, which can make an early death in this way more likely, though heart disease was not a factor in the death of either of her parents. A large percentage of people with severe heart disease die without ever being diagnosed. And sadly, this was the case for Florence Ballard. It was essentially a culmination of Florence's unhealthy habits, the effects on her body of severe depression, and a predisposition to atherosclerosis, which caused her to die at such a young age. Flo should be remembered as a member of the Supremes, who later became and who are still one of the greatest female groups in the world. She really uh, showed that coming from the Brewster Projects and just being just this little skinny girl from the east side with this big, big voice that never give up on your dream. Every solo female artist that's making money should hold their right thumb up and tell my auntie thank you. People tell me, without even knowing Flo, they loved her. I don't know if she ever knew how much the world loved her. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.